Welcome to the latest instalment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. I'm joined by a panel of very experienced tech leaders to discuss the topic, importance of CI and CD. Before we delve deeper into this topic, let's work our way around the room for some introductions. Um, I'd like to know who you are, what you do, and also your interests outside of the workplace. Flavio, since you've been on the podcast with us before, do you mind kicking us off? Sure. Thanks a lot, Jake. And uh, thanks a lot for having me on the podcast again. Um, always a pleasure. Uh, my name is Flavio Mureshan. I'm a, I'm a lead uh, engineer at uh, Maersk based in Copenhagen. Um, and I work in an area called um, API capability that is responsible for the um, external APIs that Maersk produces and publishes um, to external consumers. Um, outside of work, I would say hobbies include things like fishing generally being outdoors uh doing a little bit of gardening work stuff like that brilliant okay moving on to michael would you like to tell us a bit about yourself yeah uh my name is michael lund and uh, thank you jake for <coughs> having me on this podcast <clears throat> uh this is my first first time i um i work as a senior cloud automation architect in Novo nordisk um, I've been working with Novo for uh, three and a half years, um, and uh, I work on uh, a team that's called the Azure Platform Team, so we focus on the Azure technology. We have a similar assisted team that's called the AWS Platform Team, and our jobs are is to um, uh, support our development projects in their cloud journeys, um, so uh, governing around uh, the whole cloud um, uh, adventure, <laughs> so to speak, uh, and uh, obviously I'm very much into automation and and uh, and best practices when it comes to coding and and development and things like that. So I have a development background, <clears throat> and um, outside of work, I um, besides being a parent, I uh, I also uh, play music, and uh, that's a big deal in my life. So interesting stuff, interesting stuff. I like it, and and Kishore. Mm-hmm. Anything to add? Introduction to yourself and who you are, what you do, interests outside of the workplace too. Hello, uh, my name is uh, Kishore Gopalan and uh, thank you for inviting me to this uh, podcast. Uh, so I am uh, have uh, 13 plus years of experience in the software industry and uh, currently I'm uh, part of uh, DevSecOps come, uh, platform engineering team and uh, we're also cloud hosted in Azure mostly. And uh, we are uh, kind of a centralized team uh, trying to uh, integrate the CI/CD process and uh, trying to get all the teams aligned to a a centralized uh, standard set of uh, policies and we enable uh, their smooth transition uh, to to deliver their products. And uh, outside of workplace, uh, I like to travel a lot. Uh, I like to go to the remote places, uh, trekking and waterfalls and mountains and stuff like that. So that's, that's my favorite hobby. Amazing. And last but not least, Miguel. Hi, hello. My name is Miguel Rueda. Thank you very much for having me in the podcast. Um, about who I am, uh, I've been in the industry for 16 years already. Um, I'm working as a principal engineer at Monster Lab. And during my career, I have the opportunity to wear many hats. And one of them, it's been actually a DevOps engineer. Um, so um, also during these years, I've been leading many teams and been gaining experience about this field. And I use it in the majority of my projects. 
Um, outside of work, I I'm, I'm a parent, uh, but I enjoy also to uh, travel a lot. Uh, I love uh, I love food, and also long walks with my dog. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, the Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Amazing. Thanks a lot, guys, for introducing yourselves there. Um, now, now that we have established that context surrounding each of you, let's move on to the topic in focus. So you've all prepared a question or a statement regarding the importance of CI and CD. So as usual, I'll work around the room asking you all to pose a question and the reason behind it. So each of you will have an opportunity to give your take on the situation. Um, let's start with Flavio. Would you like to run us through your question and give some context behind it? Sure, absolutely. Uh, and I'm I'm really excited. This is, this is a question that I've been reflecting on uh, myself for some time, and and I'm really excited to to hear what you guys um, think. Um, so the question is, how does the maturity um, of the CI/CD setup in an organization or in a team or both impact the the quality of the product? Okay, that's a brilliant very question. Good question. Yeah, <laughs> is there anything to to add there off the bat, Michael? Yeah, uh, so I um, <clears throat> I think that it impacts it impacts greatly, uh, especially uh, in terms of um, your when you talk about the consumer's integration, uh, the, what policies you have in place. Um, um, obviously, continuous integration is is uh, is good for or team uh, collaboration and uh, making sure that you have um, uh, some level of quality in in the stuff that you commit into your repo um, and um, I also think that um, I mean if you do automated static analysis uh, of your of your code before you check in and uh, do you have unit tests uh, in place uh, that are supposed to pass before you're allowed to check in I mean that's what I mean when I say policies right um, and so if you if you as a as a team if you implement stuff like this um, and 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 also manual code reviews um, uh, before you're allowed to check in. If you implement stuff like this, obviously it's going to impact the quality uh, of the product in the end. Um, also, I um, when it comes to CD, um, continuous delivery, um, thinking of a pipeline with uh, multiple uh, quality gates 
uh, where you have to pass each gate in order to be able to do a real shipment. And so you would have stuff like, you know, obviously you have your, the, your unit test as part of the continuous integration, but after that, once you have already committed your stuff, you would want to have some of the longer running processes uh, as part of your continuous delivery pipeline, right? So you would have stuff like integration testing and, and uh, regression testing, maybe. Uh, <clears throat> and um, all sorts of uh, quality steps that need to pass in order for you to be able to do a real deployment, right? So I definitely think that uh, it impacts it greatly. Amazing. I think that's really well put, Michael. Yeah. Uh, I can go next. Um, I think uh, also that uh, the maturity of an organization impacts greatly um, in quality because um, I consider actually DevOps as a culture uh, and to actually grow DevOps in a company, it, it needs like a lot of uh, help and also a lot of effort to create this culture and values around uh, uh, around the process itself. Um, I think it's, it's very important that uh, any company, any organization is open and embrace actually the mindset of embrace change because uh, all these processes, uh, of course, needs to be always improved and you have to have like this, this mindset and this openness about the, in the organization to change things and, and, and have the mindset also to fail fast to actually understand where it is actually giving us more value or actually is not actually helping us to do our work better. So, of course, um, uh, if you have like some processes uh, uh, around, um, I will say that um, a company needs uh, actually to, to have very, very clear what is actually giving us the biggest value and, 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 and what is actually is a showstopper for, for, for our staff. So for me, without any doubt, I think it's actually very, very important, the maturity in an organization, because at the end, um, uh, these wins and also sometimes the defeats that uh, in in the process help us to actually improve and get like a better overview and and also a quality a better quality in our product. Yeah, thanks Michael. a lot for that perspective. And and I have to say that you you said something in the beginning that resonates with me quite a lot. Um, the fact that DevOps is a culture, and then you talked a bit about the culture um, that you need to have surrounding CI/CD because. I think everybody appreciates that, of course, you need the right tooling in place and, and the right setup, but you also need the right culture around it to fully get the, the, the benefit out of that. And I think we'll probably touch on that again later in this in uh, in this episode. Um, but I think that ultimately both kind of reflect on, on the quality of the product um, in the end. Yeah, thanks a lot for that. No problem. Great Thank collaboration you. there. Love you and Miguel. Um, Kishore, I believe you have something to add too. Um, sure. Yeah. So the way I see it uh, is that uh, when we talk about uh, maturity, uh, I think it has to act on different levels. Uh, on many occasions, I have also seen that uh, at, at, at the end of the time, uh, it's, it's only the DevOps team that's put into extreme pressure and it, it feels like they are the villains and they really don't want things to happen. It, it many In many situations, uh, it, we have been portrayed like that. But uh, I think uh, the, the maturity has to start from the development team and the DevOps team and the infrastructure provisioning team. And they have to, so the, the set of things has to be planned well in ahead. 
uh, well in ahead of time. And then uh, uh, I think everyone needs to take it up seriously and work for the common cause. Uh, like they need to have a robust model of uh, tools, as, as Flavio rightly pointed out. They have, need to have the right set of team and right set of tool set, right set of integration and uh, the security principles. And, and uh, there needs to be a set of standard policies and principles that are to be followed and uh, uh, disaster recovery, uh, covering, covering all these points. Uh, I think that the planning is, is also uh, much, much to be taken seriously here. Perfect. And just to, to circle back and bring in Flavio again, um, I know it was your question, but is there anything that you'd like to add on, on this? Yeah, I think I think that the three answers that we've heard pretty much cover um, my thoughts on on, mm -hmm. on the topic as well. Um, and um, and and I think part of my answer was what I what I mentioned to to Miguel um, in addition to his answer. But I I do think that um, of course CACD reflects a lot on on the quality of the product, um, but it does so only if it's supported on one hand by the right set of tooling but then also by the right culture um, surrounding it i think the the question felt relevant to me because of course ultimately cicd is an investment from from the organization and and it's i think it's very healthy to talk about the value add of 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 cicd right and and part of that value add is the is the product is the product quality um, that I think in, in many cases is quite easily measurable um, uh, using various metrics and so on. So, um, yeah, thanks. Um, thanks a lot for, for your perspectives on this. Yeah, some really insightful stuff there, guys. Um, just moving Good on question. to the next Yeah, <laughs> moving on to the next question now. Uh, Miguel, could you identify your question and provide a bit of context to it, just like Flavio just did? Yeah, sure. Um, as just Flavio just mentioned, um, I believe also uh, DevOps is a culture. Um, and because of this, uh, I think uh, you need like a specific mindset and some sort of the practices also as well. Uh, it comes with some values on it. Um, and that's why my question is the following. Um, I want to hear your opinion um, and what's the mindset of practices that the team needs to have in order to get the best value and benefit from CI/CD processes. Okay, I could I could start with this. Um, <clears throat> uh, we need to categorize uh, practices and my mindset separately. Um, so mindset is again, I think I have. Uh, uh, told this before that the, the mindset is everyone has to work together for a common cause and then uh, ev everyone should be uh, ready to collaborate with each other um, all the teams have to work together it, it, and there's no blame throwing uh, or, or fault finding and stuff like that that those kind of things don't work uh, really and everyone has to think that there's always room for improvement uh, the, the development cycle doesn't stop at any point. There's always room for improvement and there's always CVs, there's always security fixes. And so the, 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 all the teams has to collaboratively work uh, for, for common cause. That's, uh, that's, that's the mindset point of view. And uh, when we talk about practices, 
uh, I think uh, the best value that you could get from from CI/CD process in today's world is having most of the uh, uh, stuffs uh, installed as an immutable infrastructure like uh, Terraform, using a lot of Terraform and uh, a lot of infrastructure as code. Uh, reduce as much as possible doing by hand, and uh, uh, set up uh, proper automation uh, automation tools and uh, set up proper monitoring alerting and uh, follow all the security compliance and uh, uh, yeah these are uh, some some of the uh, good points that i would say that you you, you get uh, and uh, especially uh, I, I, I i have also seen in situations where they do have long amount of stand ups like one hour of stand ups and stuff like that so i really don't see a point where uh, what can one do at uh, in a one hour of stand up every day so i think i'm i'm a person uh, personally uh not not a very big fan of uh, standups as, uh, also so uh, the collaboration has to be where it is needed and uh, should be avoided unnecessary meetings and all these things should also be avoided yeah these these are some of my focus points i can go next if um if that's cool. okay and thanks a lot kishore for your answer miguel i have to say I, I i'm not surprised this question came from you having heard your answer to my initial question um love this topic um i think that um i think that another interesting question here is what is the value benefit of the cacd to be able to kind of trace back to to the minds and, and, and practices needed to to me uh, maximizing the value um, in in a CI/CD process has to do with things like um, you know faster time to market, early feedback loops, um, and um, addressing certain things like tech debt early on, um, and uh, the deploying at a faster pace. Um, so I think to to be able to achieve these. Uh, you you do need on one hand uh, what Kishore was hinting at some sort of of collaborative culture in in which the continuous integration part um, happens relatively naturally of course supported by by tools but a culture in which um, that that kind of collaborative um, effort takes place um, and I think you also need. Um, a, a team that is comfortable with deploying to production often, and and that that that's a question you you maybe many developers have heard in interviews and so on. How comfortable are you deploying to production? That that there's there's a lot of people in the industry that have only experienced, you know, big bang releases every six months and 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 things like that, and it can be quite a big cultural shift to deploying to production multiple times a day. Um, and and then you also, of course, as a team, need to be empowered to, to to actually do that. You could maybe be in the right mindset to deploy to production multiple times a day, but you also need to be empowered to do so. Um, and 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 I think that that plays a huge role in in reaping the benefits of CI/CD because ultimately the benefits of CI/CD can only be measured in production, right? So. You you can of course integrate um, your your features your changes you can test them and so on but but the real value add is when when the users benefit from from that work and that's in production so I think that um, it's it's these uh, cultural traits that allow you to go to production as 
as fast and as often as possible that that really um, get you the most out of CICD. That's really well put again, Flavio. Um, do you have anything to add on that one, Michael? Yes, uh, I do. Um, <clears throat> so I was very um, uh, focused on what you said about you know what mindset and practices a given team should have in order to get the most value and benefit, right? And uh, I can say that uh, I will basically echo most of what uh, both Kishore and, and Flavio said uh, because I agree with uh, all of it, basically. Um, I would say that I think that <clears throat> a quality mindset uh, for the team is is really important. Uh, you need to have a shared mission to deliver a, a quality product in the end. Um, I think that's one thing. Um, and also, um, uh, collaboration has been mentioned a lot. I think that uh, collaboration mindset and, and the, the ability and the will to break down silos uh, is, is something that is, is uh, needed, I think, in order to get the most value. Um, so um, an openness to, um, to share what you, what you do early and, and get early feedback. You mentioned uh, failing fast um, at some point, and, and this is also something that I think you, know, you would benefit tremendously from. Um, yeah, I think that's basically, basically what I uh, had to add. Amazing. Amazing, really good points again, Michael. And um, bringing this back to you, Miguel, I know it was your question, but any additional comments there? Yeah, of course, it's like um, I totally agree with everything that has been said. Um, I think uh, the only thing that I want to add is actually um, two things. Well, actually, it's two things. Uh, the, the first thing is like I think we need to have a mindset of doing the right thing. And and what that means to me is is actually every time you, you are working on the code, as a developer, for example, because I'm a, as I'm a developer, um, every time I see something that is not working, I always have like this uh, quote that one of, one of my mentors a long time ago always told me that you need to be always a good boy scout. So if you actually reach to a place, you leave it better than it was. So it's the same for everything that is related to the software. And I always try to, to keep it uh, in, 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 to, to, that, uh, to those lines. Um, so in, in, in that aspect, I, I think you need to always have the, uh, this right mindset to, to do the right thing. Uh, when you see something that can be automated, just go and do it. Uh, if you see like uh, there is like something that you can refactor uh, and this will be covered, I don't know, better with uh, some tests or something that actually can in be included and, and, and help us to not get like broken deals, um, just do it. And, and that's one of the things that I try to always foster around all the teams that I've been with, uh, this culture to do the right thing. Uh, secondly, I, I think also this always work, uh, any practice or any process that you have around CICD always work if you have also discipline. If you, uh, if you uh, teach your peers to, to be disciplined, for example, to be uh, always uh, keeping an eye to the pipelines, uh, trying to cover in all the edge cases, have, have the right amount of testing. Um, and, 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 and this also fostered uh, uh, the feeling to have like confidence that when you're releasing something to production every day, it's going to be just fine. Um, and, and, and that's the only thing I, I think I, I want to add 
to the commentaries that uh, uh, these guys just given. Um, and I think it's very important for me to have like this, this mindset of doing the right thing, having discipline, and feeling confident that uh, whatever you're doing in, in the code base is going to be reflected in production in a very uh, quality product. Amazing. And it's a brilliant question once again. And thanks everybody for such amazing contributions on that. Um, some really insightful stuff coming from this conversation already. Moving on to, to Kishore now. Could you please provide your question? And as everybody else has done, provide some context as to where this has came from. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, my question is uh, about uh, where uh, do you think this... CI, CD, and all these topics uh, is is going to be there uh, in the in the future. How, how does it, how is it going to evolve in the future? Uh, is it is it going to be uh, a more advancement of the same process itself with maybe more modern tool stacks, or is it some is it, is it something new that is going to come in uh, entirely moving out, crushing this what we have today and something uh, launching launching something new? Uh, what what's your thoughts on about about that? Time? It's hard to predict the future, you know, uh, but I think we're actually already on our way uh, in terms of artificial intelligence and uh, and um, um, and ML. Uh, so, so I think that would probably start to play even more into uh, the way we do uh, at least CI, I think, um, and probably also CD. Um, we already have Copilot. That's uh, people are using that more and more. And uh, yeah, I think it's yeah, it's just gonna take a little time. But uh, I think that's gonna play a huge role. Other than that, I think it's very hard to to predict what what's going to happen. But uh, <laughs> I think it's. Um... Um, I, I think, as as Michael said, it's it's really hard to predict the future, and it also feel it also feels a bit these days that whenever you you talk about the future of anything, you have to say something about AI because um, it's it's pretty much everywhere at this point. So I I can only agree with that part. I I also feel that that AI is going to play in an increasingly big, big bigger role in this. And I think it already does to to some degree. Uh, you mentioned Copilot there. Um, I also think that um, it might um, it might increase in scope a little bit. And I know that CIC the CICD setup varies, of course, across different organizations and and so on. I think that you know initially we were talking about CICD in the context of DevOps. Then we started talking. I think you yourself mentioned DevSecOps, right? So. You wanted to do a shift left on security, have that earlier on in your automation. Then you also wanted to have your governance, your compliance uh, integrated um, earlier on. To and and so I think it that there is a certain tendency there to to try to address some of these things as early as possible in your in your automation. Um, yeah, and and I think. Uh, also, given that we are, I think most of us are, are working with some form of distributed um, architectures. Um, I think that has that has also changed our CI/CD um, a little bit. It could be that we will see more of um, sort of different approaches to 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 deployment to 
to releasing software, um, to testing software, maybe may more towards spinning up environments on the fly or, or various techniques um, in that direction. Yeah, I do agree with everything said. Um, uh, in, in my case, what I see in the future, I think um, uh, CICD kind of become, has become actually an, an standard um, in almost every software company, at least in, in the companies that I've been so far, I, I always seen like some sort of implementation of CICD. Um, but I will say that actually what I see in the future, that it's going to be kind of an appropriation of these concepts. Uh, because uh, again, as Flavio just mentioned uh, just a moment ago, um, I believe every company has their own way to do CICD. Uh, even there is like some basic context, uh, concepts, sorry, uh, that needs to be uh, in there to actually be considered CICD. Um, I think actually every company is discovering that you can actually uh, uh, play around with the different practices, the different processes that you want to include to, to deliver uh, software in a quality manner. And, and I will say that this will definitely go with uh, better tooling and, and, and decisions, but uh, that the, the biggest reason behind or what is going to be in the future for them is actually that they will understand and, and try to use different toolings and, and everything to, to deliver better and faster. Um, so, yeah, just that. I, I think actually it's going to be just an appropriation and basically we're going to see different ways to actually do CICD and, 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 and people uh, talking more about actually quality software. Perfect. Another really well-rounded discussion there. Do you have anything to add on that, Kishore? Um, sure. Yes. Thank you so much for uh, all your uh, opinions and uh, different different kinds of thought process in that. Uh, yes. It, this is uh, a question even I have been asking uh, myself uh, for for a, for a couple of years now because uh, in the initial days of my career, I, I started with Jenkins, uh, deploying it to VMs, uh, integrating with Sonacube, and and I really felt like I have achieved something great in life. Uh, but now when I fast forward to 10 years, uh, it, 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 it's a dramatic change uh, with Kubernetes and Terraform and, and so life sim, uh, the, the magnanimity of infrastructure that we could handle today is, is unbelievable. So, uh, and I, I really don't think that this, this race, technology race, we will never be able to catch up. So every time we, we finish up master certification and we are done with it, there are 10 different technologies out there. So it's like, uh, uh, and especially as as uh, Michael and uh, others mentioned about the AI uh, and, and GitOps approach and stuff like that. So uh, I, I think ChatGPT especially has has done a lot of good, but also has done a lot of bad as well. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think AI and MLOps uh, and, and these things are the ones that are going to hand, uh, take advantage in the future. But, uh, and and I think we'll be the living generation to witness them that 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 as well. Amazing. And is there anything so else to add there, guys? No, I um, just, I just, I think just a, uh, no. Sorry, Flavio, go ahead. I just wanted to share a, a thought on this because um, talking about the future and so on, I think it's also interesting to look at the past and and see uh, what were the 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 drives behind CI/CD to to 
kind of know what to expect in the future. And I think that one of the huge selling points was the faster time to market and the the shorter feedback loops, right. you know, whether, whether it was bugs or, or new features and so on. And I don't necessarily see that direction changing. I, I think that in the future it will still be the same drives. Faster time faster time to market and then pipelines that allow things like experimentation with, with different features and again different release strategies. You know, I think we've seen a lot of the huge companies uh doing um uh this kind of stuff. So I I I think at least in that regard, um, just expect um, that the same to, to hold true in the future. Michael? I, I'm, I'm just thinking, uh, you know, following whatever uh, uh, Flower was saying here, uh, I'm just thinking that maybe you can imagine a scenario where code starts to write itself and uh, and then uh, that puts, puts you know, a whole new perspective <laughs> on, uh, on CICD as well, I guess. Uh, so, uh, but I've, I'm not really sure how to imagine that happening. But uh, it, you know, you, you you can't rule it out, and uh, I don't see it not happening uh, necessarily. So, yeah. Uh, has uh, any of you used a GitHub Copilot? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's that, that's amazing. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly as you said, the code starts writing itself. Right. It just. Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. Just random English yeah, yeah. sentences. It 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 makes the yeah. code itself. Yeah. Yeah, so there you have an example, right? So awesome. So, so if there's nothing else to add on that, guys, we'll, we'll move on to to Michael. Last but by no means least, could you pose yes. your question and give some context to where that one came from, Tiff? Yeah, so um, I was actually triggered uh, to this specific question because of uh, uh, an experience I had recently. And uh, my question is, uh, when do commit policies become counterproductive in CI? So imagine that you have to do a commit and uh, you have policies in place, but you can't really get your stuff to main because some policies are blocking you. And, it, you know, I just would like to hear your thoughts on that um, in, in, in your in your world, in what cases uh, or if, if you have cases, uh, what cases would you have where you think that these processes are sort of in the way of what you do? I can uh, try to share some thoughts on that. Um, mm -hmm. I think, um, yeah, as, as always, the answer is that it depends probably when it's too much. I was just uh, thinking of uh, what Miguel was talking about earlier about the, the, the mindset of doing the right thing and leaving a place better than mm -hmm. when you found it, right? Um, I think one of the benefits of, of CICD is that um, you tend to address tech debt continuously. You, you are incentivized to leave the place better uh, because, mm -hmm. because you, you, can, you, you get feedback um, relatively soon after, right? You, you can put mm -hmm. it in production and move on to, to the next thing. I think that having having too many too many policies in place can disincentivize you from 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 doing that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think you you become a bit more reluctant to as to how often you you want to integrate your code um, with uh, with the trunk or you know the the main branch. Mm -hmm. um, and and I think when um, 
when you have too many policies or when when the policies become way too restrictive, um, I think it starts undermining um, some of these ideas that that all of the benefits of of CACD that we're discussing kind of rely on 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 the team being collaborative, integrating often, deploying as often as possible, being in a mindset of doing the right thing. It it sort of starts to undermine that uh, by by making that process too difficult for you to mm-hmm. to actually feel incentivized to to still follow that. Right. Yeah, I do agree with what you just said. Um, also, um, one of the things is like um, I think when the policies are completely counterpro- uh, counterproductive is when you're actually wasting time. For example, in my perspective, uh, as a uh, as a developer, I want to see my code as as fast as I can in production and have like the feedback um, right back to me, um, so I can actually take action if I have to improve it, if I have to change it, if I have to do this or that. Um, and I always remember, uh, and, and sorry, hopefully none of you uh, have like uh, any feelings about GitHubs, but in my case, I really, really hate hate those. Uh, I don't like Git, uh, Git cooks um, because I normally tend to see that uh, normally when people put something in Git cooks, um, it's basically the same that the pipeline is testing. Um, so basically you are slowing down uh, when you're just committing and pushing in, uh, to the main branch or whatever, uh, how you are doing stuff in there. Um, this is like a very, very uh, direct example of actually being counterproductive because actually instead of uh, using the right tooling that it's going to be, for example, our CI server and building our stuff and checking out for, for everything that it needs to be there, I'm just doing it on my machine and then waiting again for uh, for the pipeline to do it again. So um, I always remember that because I, I, I actually work in a project that we have this kind of setup and it was the first thing that I actually uh, asked for for remove because it was like too much. Uh, it was I just wanted to have my, my code in there and I wanted to see the feedback fast. Good point. And uh, <clears throat> uh, this is a, a very uh, direct and a difficult question to answer as well that uh, uh, e- even we have a use case for this one that uh, i think the the pr validation uh, policies and all those things i think it has to be rightly categorized uh, depending upon the target branch uh, mm. and and the, the the type of checks has to be uh, validated in in accordance to the branch and also according to the microservice or uh, or the application so today we we built uh, an entire big set of test framework and that's the same set of test framework. That, that's how we started initially, that we put the entire set of one big chunk of test framework across all policies. And then uh, a feature branch <coughs> merging to dev branch would take uh, 45 minutes because this test framework would, would fail at some point. And then we had to, and it's most likely it's not the developer issue, but it's something else that's failing, which is not applicable to the dev environment itself, right? So we had to, uh, entirely redo this entire project and stuff like that but now uh, three four months later now we are in a good place but then the idea of how we started it which is like put one big chunk in in everywhere and then it just really spoiled uh, the developers happiness and and of course end of the day the people would, uh, would would start uh, losing interest about uh, nobody wants to wants to go home crying right so it's like uh, don't, nobody wants to endure that much amount of pain so uh, but then we, we learned from our mistakes 
and uh, we now segregated this test framework according to the target and then now i think we are in a good place um i think uh, yeah i think i think o- o- overdoing something uh, this i think there's a proverb called too many cooks spoil the broth uh, which is like uh, do whatever is necessary i think that that will solve the purpose yo and love you take it away i believe you got a question or something to, to add yeah not really a question but but um i i just wanted to uh to say you you mentioned something there about spoiling the developer happiness i i think it's it's something that maybe it's it's often overlooked the how the importance of developer experience right right um i think that um organization in general tend to focus on on basically everything else um most of the times but but i think that at the end of the day that also the developer satisfaction the overall de- developer experience is something that can greatly impact positively or negatively um the the outcomes that you're hoping to see depending on uh which way you're going with it very important right. and is anybody else have anything to add to that before we get michael's perspective on his own his own question No in that case take it away Michael. Yeah so um <clears throat> like I said what what triggered me to to do this or to come with this specific question is that I I had an experience uh, recently where uh, I was going to push some code and um and uh, uh, to my dismay I noticed that you know uh, going through the CI pipeline had increased by 30 minutes uh and uh, i was just <laughs> out there and i've i've found out that uh, um there was a uh, someone in our security department who had you know um uh, made a decision that we needed to add some static analysis tool that would check all the code uh before we were allowed to commit and it had to be part of the ci pipeline the problem is that it was really slow and uh, it would take half an hour to run through uh this static analysis uh so even doing the smallest simple changes you would have to go through the step that took half an hour no matter how big your changes uh and that to me is really counterproductive and so i was fighting this uh, <laughs> as well and uh trying to you know uh talk someone to to their senses and uh, say oh, maybe we should run this tool uh later in the pipeline uh where you have actually committed what you, what you do and uh, yeah and and then you can run your static analysis on that right um so it's a matter of picking when uh do you think that uh, any given tool should be run uh should it be blocking you from committing code um also there's another point which is manual code reviews uh when you commit or when you uh submit a pull request um sometimes you would have uh leads or other people on the team who would do most code reviews um and uh those people can easily become bottlenecks as well if they're not really available because they have a lot of meetings and stuff like that and you have to wait and wait and wait and wait until the person has time to you know review your your pull request and then finally you get to commit your stuff right i've seen that in other organizations um not where i'm right now but in other places where you would have leads even there was a policy that you know every code commit from the team had to go through one single person and that person was very busy and uh he was basically doing nothing but meetings and code reviews right uh and <laughs> and that to me is really counterproductive you know for the team 
Um, so um, I think you have to choose your processes or your your policies wisely, right? And uh, yeah, I can only agree with <coughs> and sympathize with that with that point of view. <laughs> Brilliant. That's, that's a very insightful question and a few good inputs from you guys as well. Um, just based on the things that we've been talking about today, is there any kind of other avenues that you guys want to explore in this conversation? Is there any points that you guys want to bring up? Not necessarily in this conversation. I think this last item um, that that Michael mentioned about PRs, I, I think this is probably an entirely different conversation, but interesting um, <laughs> as well about, about PRs in general and yeah. uh, their role in uh, happiness or unhappiness of people and organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, and it's it's just that obviously we we could spend all day talking about some more tangents away from this topic. So it, I feel like that that's an excellent way to wrap things up. If unless anybody else has any additional comments. Yes, even I could agree that uh, sometimes PR uh, is a boon, but sometimes it's also a curse. Um, because uh, we, even in our team, we, we flow through 30, 35 PRs a day. And like we are completely messed up of who's developing what and what what who's what feature who's developing and stuff like that. So it's some, sometimes it's good. And uh, especially sometimes uh, when I have to just create a PR uh, just just to change the feature branch from one branch to another, and I, when I look up it and ev- everyone has gone home, so I have to wait for one more day just to test that feature. Yeah. yeah. So, well, in my case, we don't really have a choice because we're a regulated business, so uh, uh, we need to you know track everything we do. <laughs> so. amazing stuff guys and obviously uh, you guys are, are clearly passionate about the subject and I really enjoyed listening to each of your different viewpoints and different questions uh, we, we covered a range of topics there um, I particularly like the the tangent that, that we went on with the future and the past of CICD as well that was really interesting um, but before I guess before we wrap things up I would like to give you all a, a, a big thank you again for joining me on the podcast uh, just for the listeners back home again, that's that's Kishore, Miguel, Michael and Flavio. Thanks again for joining me on the podcast. Um, also for the listeners at home, if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, drop me a message. My name is Jake Stamp and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at jake.stamp at evolution-nordics.com. Thanks again to all my guests and thank you guys for listening back home too.